This morning, uh, we're going to start a new series on the words of Jesus when Jesus says to. And uh, I find it interesting. Have you ever just read the words of Jesus? I mean, it'll really mess you up. I mean, it's, it's straightforward. Um, Jesus never really uh, tries to water it down. I mean, he gives it to us straight. And he tells us exactly what we need to know. Um, he tells us exactly how we're supposed to do it. And he basically tells us, this is the reason why you should be doing this. And so I really wanted us to focus on a few weeks on some of the things that Jesus said for us to do or to be involved in. And really, when you start looking at some of these phrases that Christ tells us to do, they are very challenging. Um, I believe here this morning in Sunday school, we were just talking about that, that as believers in Christ, um, we have taken this uh, sort of backseat uh, type of mentality that <clears throat> we don't really need to be as active as we should be uh, in the church. And Christ is, is very, uh, he has a very tenacious type of uh, ability to move us from being apathetic to be very energetic in what we're supposed to be doing as a follower of Christ. And so we're going to be looking at a few of those statements that Jesus says for us to do as believers. And I must warn you that as we look at these statements, um, a lot of things in our, in our hearts are going to be going, yeah, that's, that's good, but, you know, maybe that's good for, you know, real, real serious people uh, that want to follow Christ, but really not for me. But the truth is, is, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, these statements are for us. And he wants all of us to follow through with those things. So this morning, I thought it'd be appropriate to understand why uh, the words of Jesus have authority. I mean, the authority of Christ's words, uh, it's important for us to understand why we should follow what Jesus has to say. And uh, we're going to look at a few uh, different scripture passages here this morning. I'm going to be kind of jumping around uh, a few places here. I do have some of the scripture verses here up on the screen uh, for you to look at, but some of them I will just read. I'll give you the references uh, to that as well. But let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll begin in uh, Matthew chapter number 7 this morning. Lord, I do thank you for the opportunity we have to look into your word, and just to know that you have all authority and you have all power. That statement, in effect, uh, it just brings so much weight and it, it speaks volumes of who you are, that you are the king, you are the Lord of lords, that you are sovereign over the universe. And help us as believers to understand who you are this morning. I pray that if there's anybody here this morning that does not have a relationship with you, that, God, they will see you high and exalted and lifted up, uh, that they will see your son as the one that gave uh, his life uh, so that we might uh, have forgiveness of sins. And help us, uh, Lord, to understand your words. I pray for the Holy Spirit to enlighten us and give us understanding of your word um, so that we might apply these things to our heart and so that we might live out kingdom living here on this earth. We thank you, we love you, and we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. 
So the words of Jesus, the authority of his word. And we're going to look here at Matthew chapter number 7. And here Christ has just spent uh, most of his time uh, speaking through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter number 7. And he is given so many different things of what we're supposed to be doing. Um, many of us have memorized some of those verses that he has told us about. But here at the very end of the verses here, Matthew chapter number 7, the Bible says this interesting thing about when Christ finished his Sermon on the Mount. Listen to these words, uh, what Jesus says here. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 28 through 29, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So when we talk about Jesus and the authority of his word, these verses right here tell us that when Jesus taught, he taught as one having authority, one that had the ability to command, one that had the ability to tell you this is the way it is, and that's it. And so Jesus taught with authority, and notice that, and not as the scribes. And you think, during that time where people went to, to find out, hey, what does God want us to hear? What does God want us to, to know about? They went to the Pharisees. They went to the scribes because these were ones that actually copied down the words of God. And so they were supposed to know what God's word had to say. But Jesus didn't teach in that type of way. He taught with authority. You know, just doing a uh, simple word uh, search on the word authority, you'll find that it is used in the Old Testament twice. And in the New Testament, you find the word authority 32 times. And in almost all of those instances, it's dealing with Jesus Christ and his teaching or what he was doing as he taught with authority and command. So here's Christ, he's teaching, and he's teaching with authority, with power, with commandment. And for us to understand, say, hey, this is what Jesus says. We need to understand that authority. And Jesus had that authority to do so. Let's look at another verse here in uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 32 through 36. Uh, the Bible says, and they were astonished at his teaching... For his word possessed authority. And then in verse number 36, and then when they were all amazed and said one to another, what is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. This was so interesting because here's Christ. He is in the synagogue and he's teaching. And at the very time that he's teaching, there's a man in the midst with them and he has an unclean spirit. And that unclean spirit starts to cry out and says, Ha! I know who you are, Jesus. I know who you are. And Jesus commands that, that unclean spirit to come out of that man, and it does. And people are amazed. They're going, what is this? We've never seen this before. This man has authority even over the unclean spirits and has the ability to command them to come out. 
And they were astonished. I mean, can you imagine sitting in the time where Jesus was at that time? And you're sitting there and you're listening. And then Jesus walks in and he begins to teach. And you go, wow. It's like this guy even wrote this. I mean, this guy has, I mean, he knows everything about it. And he has authority. They were astonished by his word. It had authority. It had power. It had the ability to command people to action. And so when we look at the words of Jesus, they have authority and they have power for our daily lives. Let's look at another one here. We find the same in uh, the book of Mark. And uh, it's another account of that uh, same there. In Mark, uh, we find Jesus as he commands that unclean spirit there. But one last one in John chapter 7, verse 46. Bible says, the officers answered, no one ever spoke like this man. Now this is an interesting part here. Because the Pharisees and the scribes, they were getting so upset because people were listening to the words of Jesus. And they were following them. And so the scribes and the Pharisees got together and they said, let's go arrest this guy. So they command the officers and they say, go over there and arrest him. So the officers go over there and they see Jesus doing some of his miracles. They hear some of his teaching and they come back empty handed. And the Pharisees are going, did we not command you to go over there and arrest him? And they said, but wait a minute. You weren't there. You didn't hear the power that he had in his words. I mean, look at that. No one ever spoke like this man. Now, what is that right after that word man? Exclamation point. I kind of like to put myself in the story here because it's an exclamatory mark. And can you imagine? They, they came back and they said, I don't know if they were yelling it. I don't know if they were excited about it. But they said, no one ever spoke like this man. And you want us to arrest him? In fact, there was so much division with them. Some of them, they, they didn't know what to do with him. They said, this guy speaks with authority and power. I, I'm not going to lay a hand on him. You want us to arrest him? Why don't you go arrest him? Okay? They didn't know what to do. And there was division among them. In fact, we find another one where Jesus, the Pharisees come to him and they say, you tell us by what authority, by what power do you do these things? And Jesus says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll answer your question if you answer my question. He says, uh, the baptism of John, was it by God? And they knew that if they were to answer it was by God, then they would catch themselves in their own words. So they decided not to answer. And so they said, oh, we're not going to tell you. And Jesus says, well, then I'm not going to tell you by what authority I do these things either. Okay? So Jesus had authority when he spoke. And it was powerful what he had to say. You know, I think this bothered the religious leaders because Jesus never quoted the rabbis. He never said, Rabbi so-and-so said this. He didn't have his uh, footnotes opened up in his Bible, and he didn't say, well, my footnotes here say this. He taught with authority. You know, you could just imagine when Jesus showed up on the scene that the, 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 uh, the, the feelings in, inside people's heart must have been, who do you think that you are? 
I've been going to rabbi school since I was a toddler. And now you show up teaching in our synagogues, telling us about God? Who do you think you are? And you can imagine the animosity that must have been in their hearts towards Christ. You know, of course, we all know that Jesus has all authority. And his authority comes from the Father. But 2,000 years later, today, in 2016, why is his authority still not being taken seriously? Why do we live as if his authority only has power within these four walls of this building? Why do we live as if his authority has no power over every area of our life? You know, I have noticed in my own life as a follower of Christ that the reason why Jesus' words do not have authority in various areas of my life is because either I have taken up that authority by myself and said, I'm going to have authority over that, or I have disregarded his authority because I have no need of authority in that area of my life because I am a rebel at heart. And really, Jesus' words have authority over every area of my life, and they should. Because the day that I trusted Jesus as my Savior and I asked him to come and live within my heart, I decided that day, I said, I'm going to put to death Mike Bird and I'm going to place Jesus on the throne of my heart. But year after year after year, God may show me something out of his word and says, I want to have authority in your life in this area. And I may disregard that as saying, uh, yeah, I can handle that myself. I got it all under control. God, I really don't need your authority on that area of my life. That area is off limits. Sorry, the door's closed. You can't come in. But Jesus says, I want authority. I want power over your life. And so as we look at the words of Jesus... We're going to look at a few of these words of Christ. For example, the things that he commands for us to do, such as he commands us to love. He commands us to forgive, to repent, to give, to love our enemies, to pray and rejoice, to be a servant, to judge not, to seek the kingdom of Christ, make disciples, and many more. And Jesus commands us and says, these words that I'm speaking to you, they have authority over your life. And are we going to allow the Lord to be at work in our hearts and say, yes, Jesus, you have authority. You have power over that area of my life. I'm giving you complete, total, and full reign. Here are the keys, Lord. I want you to have every, every ability to have control wherever you want to go in my life. The words of Jesus, they have authority. They have power. You know, it is in these commands that Jesus brought the teaching of the kingdom of God to earth. And it is these commands that we are supposed to live faithfully here on earth to live out kingdom living, to live out the authority of Jesus here on the earth. And so I ask that you join me over the next few weeks as we look at the authority of Christ's words.
as we look at what Jesus tells us to do and how he commands us to do them. So let's look at a couple things here about the authority of Christ's words. Number one, the authority of Jesus comes from the Father. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, this is, of course, right after the resurrection of Christ. Christ had spent 40 days with his disciples, teaching them all things. And just before he had been taken up into heaven, he says these words to his disciples. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So where did Jesus' authority come from? It came from the Father. It came from God himself. Matthew chapter eleven twenty seven 27 says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. In John chapter 3, verse 35, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his Hands. In John chapter 13, verse number 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, knelt down and washed the, the apostles' feet. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 21, God raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but the one that is to come and in john chapter 17 verse number two father as jesus prays in the garden father the hour has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. So Jesus' authority came from the father, but it did not begin when Jesus was born on this earth. Jesus has always had authority and power in the universe. In John chapter number 1, verses 1 through 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, Jesus, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Son of God was, was always always has been and always will be God. He is with the Father, the creator of the universe. And he has all authority and power to command us to follow his word. You know, I remember growing up, um, me and my brother, we shared a room and uh, we had carpet in that room, and one day we got this great idea to rip up all the carpet out of the room because it would make it easier for us to clean the room. We had a bunch of Legos. You guys know Legos, you know, all those things come together, okay? So we had all these Legos, and what we would do is we would sit there and we'd have them strung out all over the place and things like that. Well, one day, my dad came into our room, and it was a pigsty. I mean, it was bad. I mean, there was like half-eaten ham sandwiches under the, the bed. I mean, it was, it was disgusting. I mean, you had to get a tetanus shot just to walk in the room. It was bad. 
So my dad says, you guys clean up this room with authority, with command. He says, you guys clean up this room. And me and my brother at the time, I think I was like six. My brother might have been eight at the time. We were like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll clean up the room. Okay, whatever, okay. And so we goofed off, and my dad came back, and the room wasn't clean. He says, all right, you have one hour to clean up this room. If you don't clean it up, I'm going to clean it. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> so we sat there, and we goofed off, goofed off, goofed off. One hour came around. My dad comes in there. The room still wasn't clean. He says, okay, I'm going to clean it. And I'm not kidding you. We had a, we had a uh, sliding uh, window uh, in our bedroom. He backed his truck up to the window, and he came in there with a shovel, and he started shoveling stuff out the window into the truck to take it to the dump. You should have seen how fast we started cleaning our room. I mean, oh, oh, wait, don't throw that away. I need that. But he had authority and he had power to do it. And you know what? It made a believer out of me that, God's, that, that my father says, I am going to do this. And so from that point on, when my dad says, I'm going to do this, I, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. It was, okay, dad, I believe you. Now think with me here. The Lord here says, I have all authority and power. And we have seen that authority and a power at work. We've seen it at work in the universe. We've seen it at work in creation. We've seen it at work in our own lives and the lives of those that we love and have communication with. So what's the problem that we don't believe the words of Jesus or don't allow the words of Christ to have command and authority in our life. I think we're just rebels. And we just say, I got this under control, God. I don't need your authority. I don't need your power at work in my life. So Jesus had all authority and power. And that power came from the Lord. You know, when I put this on the grand scheme of Jesus' words and his authority, his words should have more meaning and weight as they are just not the words of a person of historical significance. They are not the teachings of a mere teacher. They are not the commands of a raving lunatic. The words of Jesus are pure, holy, and righteous words of an eternal God who has all authority and power in the universe. I was listening to a thing on the radio, and they were talking about the universe and they said that as they were looking at the way the universe was constructed and held together, they said, there is some unknown power that is holding everything together. And they said, we don't know what that is. Well, the Bible clearly tells us that he, Jesus, upholds the world with his power, with his words. Do you realize if Christ were just to say, okay, Everything would just collapse and fall apart. And so Christ upholds everything with his power and his authority. So let's look at a second thing here. Number two, the authority of Jesus includes all power in heaven and in earth. Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth 
has been given to me. Jesus' authority includes heaven and earth. What exactly does that authority mean? This statement is not just authority to potentially to rule, but it is to actually rule. Christ is king of the universe, not just 2,000 years ago, but right now. Christ is king of the universe, not in just eternity past, but in eternity future. Christ has all authority and power to rule. So what exactly is all power include? Well, in John chapter 1, verse number 3, he has power over creation. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Hebrews 1, 3, the Bible tells us he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. In Colossians 1.17, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And uh, secondly, he has authority over nature. In Luke chapter 8.25, remember uh, the disciples were there in the boat, and as they were in the boat, the, the waves started getting a little bit stronger, and there started a, a big storm started to brew, and as they're on that boat... They start panicking and, and, and start fretting and, and, and they're all worried of what's going to happen. They're possibly going to die. And what's Jesus doing? <laughs> and they go to him and they say, do you not care that we're going to die? And he gets up. I'm sure he's just like, oh yeah, uh, stop. <laughs> and it stops. And they're amazed. And his power, that he has power over nature to command the waves and the sea to stop. So his power over nature has authority in heaven and in earth. He has power over Satan and the demons. In Mark chapter 1, verse 27, they say, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Number four, he has power over all disease. Many times throughout the gospel accounts, we find time and time Jesus Christ healing people with sickness, disease, and deformities. Christ heals them, restores them. He has all authority and power to do so. Number five, Jesus had authority over his own life. When they came to the garden and Christ was praying with such passion... And they come to the garden with, with sticks and staves and, and they come to arrest Jesus. They take him. They lead him off. They have mock trials. They beat him. They scourge him. They crucify him. And Jesus says, nobody takes my life from me. He says, I have the power to lay my life down. He has all authority, even over his own life. So when I encounter Jesus, the living word, I have encountered the sovereign king of the universe. When I read God's word, I am reading about Jesus. I'm listening to God. I'm encountering a living, holy God that has all authority and power 
His words are true. His commands are binding. His authority is powerful. Where does that leave us? This should leave us in a position of not fear, but of rejoicing. Because we serve a risen king. We serve a God that paid for our sin debt, that redeemed us, that has brought us into a relationship with him through his son, Jesus. And we should be the most excited people on the face of this earth because we have a king that has all authority and power. Just think about our current situation here in America. There's a lot of people getting on TV and they're saying, oh, well, I'll tell you what, if you vote for this guy, he's not going to keep his promises. But I'll keep my promises. And then the other person says, well, I'll tell you what, if you vote for this person, they're not going to keep their promises. But I'll keep my promises. Yada, 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 yada. I have somebody that has all power in heaven and in earth with authority that has the ability to speak, and it's done. He spoke the words, the the worlds into existence. He holds, the Bible says that, that he holds the world in his hands. The earth is his footstool. I mean, that's amazing. And he has all authority in heaven and in earth. So over the next few weeks, as we look at this, Keep in mind that this is Jesus we're talking about. This is one who has the authority to command us to love our enemies. Boy, that's hard. Jesus, you want me to love that guy that did what to me? Well, maybe that's good for those super spiritual people, but not for me. I'll figure another way out. He has authority to command us to do so. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the power that it has. God, help us to reflect, uh, to remember that you are the sovereign king of the universe. No one is going to thwart your plans. Nobody is going to hinder them or try to change them. God, you have set everything in motion, and in your timing, you do everything. God, it was by the, full, by, the, by the fullness of time when it has come, you sent forth your son, Jesus, made under the law, made of woman, and you gave your son to die for us. What power and what authority you have. Help us, Lord, to remember that we have given our hearts to you and you are supposed to be and have authority and power in our lives. We ask all this in Christ's name, amen.